Kara Wright is an X-Men and certified facilitator for access consciousness. In her early career years, she was a prenatal yoga instructor, as well as a doula. With much of her life centered around pregnancy and birth and a strong desire to have children of her own, navigating her personal journey with infertility was at times challenging and intense. Join Kara and I in an unfiltered conversation, guilty of heresy, dealing with infertility. Welcome to another episode of Guilty of Heresy. And today I have a longtime friend, Kara Wright, on with me. And we were chatting before hitting record about which topic should we talk about? Because we're heretics on lots of levels on lots of topics. I, I always say that um, the tool, everything is the opposite of what it appears to be, is like my um, mantra. Yes. It is like... If I have a definition, that's it. Yeah, totally. So we're going to start with one and maybe we'll stay there and maybe we'll bounce around to other things, but we're going to start with the, the, the light, the lighthearted topic of infertility. <laughs> I love all the light topics we start with on this podcast. It's awesome. Um, and I was thinking about it, Cara, before this morning and thinking about how I'm pretty sure just about everybody at least knows one person, if not more, that have had a challenge with infertility, whether it's not able to conceive or not able to carry to, to full term or just that. And it's really a vulnerable topic because it hits a lot of it does. everything. It does. And yeah. if, if you haven't walked through it, I don't. I know that I don't know the depth of it. I know of, I've had conversations with people, but there's a, there's a lot you can unpack on the yes. whole. Well, and it's such, it's, you know, anything around pregnancy and birth um, is such a polarized topic anyway. So it's like, there's just all of these, it's a landslide of experience and different people's like what they've experienced and how they've handled it. And if they have handled it, like there, I think there's, so many women walking around with unresolved, um, just unresolved elements having to do with either, you know, not conceiving at all or having, you know, repeated miscarriages or having yes. things happen to, you know, babies. And not just like during like the birth, like, like during the birth, but like also like, you know, babies that die shortly after birth, like that whole first year of like, that whole space and I you know like there isn't a lot out there that changes things for a woman who is trying to recover I think she just has to pull herself up by the bootstraps a lot of time and move forward um like I found access consciousness in the bars because I had tried so many different things to, to get pregnant like I my personal experience with um, infertility was like my husband and I started to, you know, like I did all the things right, you know, like I didn't, I was a good Catholic girl. Yeah. You know, and got married, but I did get married like later in life. I got married when I was in my thirties. Um, and when, you know, once we got married, we decided, you know, we were going to have the kids and do the whole thing. And I just didn't happen. It didn't work. And I think one of the things that was like interesting for my, for my experience is that prior to attempting, starting to 
try to conceive, I had because I like was a yoga instructor, but then I had started to specialize in prenatal yoga and postnatal yoga and birth preparation. And then I became a doula and I had spent years um, prior to that, you know, going to people's births and being, I mean, like my whole world and life was pregnancy. Like it's all I ate, slept, drank, pregnancy, birth, babies, women, all of it. And so for me, when I started to, you know, like we, I thought for sure, you know, like as you grow up as a Catholic, it's like, like you're, you're basically told that the minute you're not on birth control, you're going to get pregnant. Right. Right. I used to like say to my husband, like, Jesus fucking Christ, so much stuff that I have, like, how much money have I wasted on um, birth control? <laughs> I didn't need this. That's a good, that's a new perspective. God. <laughs> right. The whole thing on in itself is like, <laughs> I, like, I really, I, I remember going through this period of time, this like, and I, I like went through phases. Like there was like, a, like in the beginning, I was like, okay, you know, like I could mentally like be like this you know, it's not uncommon. I was on birth control for a really long time. It's not uncommon for it to take long. You know, like there's basically, you can find information to support any thought process. Totally. Did you go down? Oh, keep going. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, so like, you know, like I would go through phases, like in the beginning, it was just like, I I actually was pretty like low space and pretty easy with it. And, um, you know, just kept trying, you know, and stayed pretty positive and and it just you know like over time it just really devolves yeah you with it it just you become very it's like a you know it's like that water you know you're kind of like a frog in water and you just the temperature slowly 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 turns up and so I didn't like over like the six-year process you know and and I was still going to births and I was still around pregnant women all the time And so what I started to do is like disconnect where it was like, I had that life. And then I had this other life that I I was trying to, to do what all these women I was helping do, do. And honestly, like by, by the end of it, I was like, I was a hot mess. Like no one knew that I was a hot mess. I, I kept it very like, probably like if you, if you talk to a lot of the clients that I had back then, they would have been, wouldn't have even known that I was trying to get pregnant or because when I was, you know, like back then when I was doing that, that work, it was like, definitely like I was in service to people. And so bringing my own shit along wasn't even a consideration for me. Like it was something I kept over here and then, you know, but it's just like, there's so many elements to trying to become pregnant, thinking that that's, you know, that's the future you see yourself and then it's not working. So now what, then, then it's like, putting your toe into the now what there's like so many different like um yeah things out there that you know you can choose that like that women do choose that work for a lot of women I was one of those people that I tried a million different things none of them worked and so every single thing that I tried because I heard from someone oh I had that same thing this and I I did this yeah. And this is, and it totally worked. And I had this, you know, I feng shuied my room, you know. Oh, oh my God, we totally had a fight. We did. We, I did that. I know. <laughs> when I tell you, like, the only thing that I didn't do, um, and it just wasn't something, and like, I didn't know access back then, but it just wasn't light for me. There was like two things, like, my sister actually 
never conceived as well. She adopted kids from um, two, two little girls from China. And that was like, I mean, my sister talked about doing that in high school. So that was kind of like for her, it wasn't really because she knew she was doing that. You know, yeah. I think if she had got gotten pregnant, that would have been fine too. But she also had this other thing because the, the thing about infertility is that it isn't just about, it's like, there's so many layers of like, your so body, you're wrong. Something's wrong. And then there's like, my whole future is wrong because if I don't have the husband and the kids and the, it doesn't match the what image. Am I gonna do? Well, and that, that brings up, cause I would say with you and me, I think it's changing newer generation, but with you and me, when it was getting to that point in life where you've graduated college or you, whatever you graduated high school, you've in a job, you're in your twenties, you're whatever you don't, I did not even stop and think about, do I want to get married? Yes or no. Do I want to have children? Yes or no. There was not one time ever that I asked myself the damn question on either of those things. You just did. It's what you were going to do. So to what you just said, you're following the pathway of life that you think you're meant to follow. Like I was doing all the right things. Yeah. And, and then I you hit the wall of, well, I can't do this part. So yeah. And you didn't go down the road of trying to figure out physically what was wrong. Cause I know some people go through tests and I did. I mean, I did. And I, I, um, it was like further, like in the process, probably like year five and six in the process, I did like finally, um, go to like, I, I basically found a very, like my whole thing was I didn't want to do anything too far from what was natural, you know, like, right. because you can, I mean, medically now, like a lot of people conceive and carry babies, um, that their bodies probably wouldn't necessarily have done that by themselves. Yes. Um, and I just knew there were things I was willing to do. And then there were things that I was just like, I can't go that route. Like everybody, like a lot of people would, because my sister adopted, a lot of people would be like, well, why don't you just adopt? And I try, like, I tried to like get myself okay with adopting. And it I'm was sorry, that that question right there is so disconnected from how personal this is for people. Yeah. I mean, okay. just that very question, so unaware of what this can really hit as far as what's wrong with me, what you said, what's wrong with my body. I don't want to disappoint my husband. Or if you're the male in the situation, you can't get your wife pregnant. I don't want to disappoint my wife. The whole part of our whole plan was kids. Yeah. Um, this is really vulnerable. Um, sex isn't fun anymore because we're always either working on having a baby and there's just so, and then you said five or six years and I'm going, that was a battery back drain, a background app for years. All the time. And I it's not as simple time. as why don't you adopt or are you going to do in vitro? It's like, hold the fuck on, man. This so much yeah. around all this. Totally. And that is, that's the thing. It's like, what, what, what is like can happen nowadays is like you just go automatically to the in vitro switch right um, and it's really like not an easy process on the body like women who choose that like they're tough like there's a level of strength that you have to yeah. possess not only because it's not like um foolproof right like that's the other thing too is like talk about financial stress 
Like it is yeah. not inexpensive to do. Like in my world, um, I wasn't going to put $40,000 down on like conceiving and then having the additional, like I couldn't do the leap of the additional, like, how are we getting like that? And, and for me, I, I did not want to put an extra. So not only was I not willing to like put stress out into the, like all these women that I was like serving, I, I didn't want to do that. I also didn't want to stress my husband out. Like I like cared about him so dynamically. I was like, I don't like want to put us in a financial shitty financial position. And then now we have a baby or two, because that's a whole other thing about in might be more than one might be more (laughs) and that's what you fucking do right like that's a whole nother bag of like things that you then would have to look at you know and back then like I didn't really have I did not have the tools like I like I just didn't have the tools and so basically what ended up happening was I devolved into like massive anxiety, panic attacks all the time. I was losing massive amounts of weight. I was like basically actively destroying my marriage because in my head, I was like, why would this person want to be with me? I can't even have children. And mm-hmm. I was totally crazy. If that's the sum total of your value, but that's yeah. a really point to kind of pause on because even yeah. if it's under the surface, there is culturally a lot of value put on that a woman's ability to give birth to a provide children to her husband totally and I mean when I like when people would ask me about like adopting or like um because I was so thrilled for my sister and I love my nieces they're so amazing and so I also made myself wrong because that didn't I didn't I didn't desire to do the adoption I didn't want to do adoption that wasn't that wasn't what I desired. And so then I had a whole, like, it's just like this litany of judge myself for this, judge myself for that, judge myself for this, judge. I'm like, like how I, well, I didn't really like, I mean, I would say when I finally, um, found, and I say found access, but I started to get my, my bars run and that process of being able to get my bars run, like started to allow me to get out of the, tsunami of judgment that I was sitting under because I really at that point I was just like you know my husband should leave me I'm just like a big pile I'm I'm not I have no value like I'm just gonna like slink away and die like I I like I don't think I would have said to you at the time I was suicidal but I definitely was like a million times like you can't live with that kind of pressure well (laughs) and and just be like this is not worth it it." takes a toll on you totally and it's interesting and not to <clears throat> go off topic with this, but when you're talking about how no value because you couldn't have children, people who do have children often do the same thing. They have no value now because they have children and the right. children are the, the primary valued thing and they no longer count. It's just very interesting how this thing of reproducing, mm-hmm. whether you can or can't do or don't just takes up a lot of mental space on the planet. And emotional weight and and it's such a like you said it's such a linchpin of like how you know like that how that whole family unit gets created and what we've decided it is and what it actually is (laughs) 
Yes. So totally. You know, I mean, there are people that are lucky enough to have like my sister. I mean, her kids like that, like her kids are so like, they all just, they have this support for each other and this caring for each other. Like it's, it's amazing, but that's not, like you said, it's not how it, it always works out, you know? And for her, it started with a very deliberate choice. It wasn't even about not being able to have children. She knew this is something I desire to do. And clearly, yeah. you know, her husband yeah. was on. And so it was easy for her to switch gears. Cause I think she started out like thinking, you know, she was yeah. going to have, um, and then it was just like, well, okay, that's, you know, that's not working. So I'm going to go over here. And that's another thing too. It's like, what, what I did a lot was I looked out into the world to see like, how are other, and I don't, I wasn't doing this cognitively, but yeah. I was like, how are, I'm always, I was always like, how are, how are other people handling this? Like, how are other people dealing with things that are similar to this? And I don't know if that was my best choice because it was like, it just added another like thing. Cause like one of the, one, one of the things I know about me and my body is like, I always have to be in the question of whether or not something's going to actually work with me in my body. Cause most of the time, like it'll, something will, you know, way somebody eats or way somebody does this or way somebody does that will change something for them and it, it'll work. And then I go and I try to do what they did. It doesn't do a thing. So can you, can you talk more about the looking out into the world to see how you should be and that not being your best choice? Yes. So it's like, I think one of the things looking back that I, um, maybe I could say I learned was like, like there's two different ways you could like, so when you go to like, you can look out in the world and go like what works for the person and it might work for you. But one of the, what I was using that for is I would look out in the world, it worked for that person. And then I would, you know, like I would do it myself. And then I would just use that as more like evidence of, see, I don't work. See, my body doesn't work. Like people would just, and it's amazing how people give you, you know, the very few people that knew what was going on for me, like, um, like I would, it would come out in some different ways. And then people would say, oh, well, I had a friend who had that. And they just did this. Like, I was like, if I have one more people that tells me to eat black walnuts and it'll be fine, oh my God. I'm going to murder them. Like yes. people just, they shouldn't not, and they're not, they're, yeah, <laughs> they're attempting to be helpful. They are. Yeah. So I, it's like this, and it's this interesting energy, like that I even have in my world to this day where it's like these conflicting energies and ideas of like, I really desired to have children, but it would always show up for me of like, or at least I thought I really desired to have babies. And um, it's, oh, but it always showed up for me like, well, I must not, because then it was like, oh, well, you know, like go on this really restrictive diet or go do this, like go do in vitro or go adopt or which all of those things were so like a no in my world. I was like, well, fuck, do I actually, <laughs> do I actually desire to have children? Like, is that actually, because if I'm not willing to like, go on this restrictive diet. Do I really desire them? Is that something that, you know, so then it also like fueled a lot of like, not just self-judgment, but self-doubt of like, what, like, what do I want while 
still going for the carrot, like all every single fucking month. Cause I also couldn't let myself fail. Like I'm yes. not a quitter. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I, like I'm going to keep trying family, you know? Um, so I mean, to say that I was just completely crazy is, is not actually an exaggeration. It, I really, really had created myself as crazy. Yeah. In the process of attempting to have kids and children. And it's so interesting because when I look back at it, like, I don't, I don't miss the, like the kids in my life now. Like, I'm like, I, you know, I wonder what I was actually seeking after. Cause it's like, I don't, I like, do I have moments where one of the things that was big for me is I really wanted to have a child that was like half like my husband. Cause I just love, like adore him so much. I just wanted to know what that child would look like. And yeah. that was a really hard thing for me to like hmm. get over. Yeah. Remember um, at the time there was an herbalist that I was seeing, cause I'm not even kidding you when I tell you I tried. I mean, if someone had told me to go stand in a tree on a mountaintop at this time, I probably fucking did that. Actually, <laughs> I just blocked it out. Like I did so many things um, while avoiding, like, I guess, you know, like would in vitro had worked for me, you know, I, who knows, was I willing to put myself, my body, like my husband in that situation? No, I wasn't like, I was just like, no, I'm not doing that. Same thing with like adoption. Um, and I, and for me, what, one of the valuable elements of it was, was being pregnant, hmm. was being able to have birth. I know that sounds really weird for a lot of people, but you have to remember, like, I was like obsessed with pregnancy and birth, like obsessed, like when it was I, your job. It was your life. Yeah. Was, like yeah. I graduated college and my, my, my final project was healthy mothers, healthy babies. Like I just, and so to not to like be at all of these births and have all these babies being born into the world, like, and knowing what that is, like, it's such an amazing, to me, it's like, like every time a baby's born, the world like shifts, like mm. it just is this energetic. And I, that I really desired that. Yeah. So the idea of like actually having a child that wasn't so much like, I wasn't thinking about the next oh, 18 to 22 years. I was just, you know, the pregnancy, the nine months and the birth would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, and that's just really more something that I've just started to recently like acknowledge that yes. that was actually more like the things. And that's the thing that I think that is so interesting with infertility is you can't just assume what the woman is like, losing yes because every woman has a different a different, why a different, she desires it a different thing that it means to her and yeah. some of it very core to her being you know and like we you know and access one of the things that i love loved about access was that finding access was that there was so many more different perspectives that i could actually like begin to look at this whole experience I had experienced through those lenses and be like, there was just different, you know, like 
prior to access, like I, you know, like I was a yoga instructor, I owned a yoga studio. So like reincarnation and past lives and all those things, even though I was raised Catholic, whatever, I was like, of course, (laughs) one life you're done, heaven, hell, like that, that shit never, mm -mm, never really resonated with me. So I, I knew that. And I also was like really, really aware like I was very aware of the beans. Like it wasn't just me trying to get pregnant with my husband. Right. And the funny thing about my husband is he never really had a point of view. Had we gotten pregnant, he would have been like, great. The fact that we didn't get pregnant, there's nothing in his world. of like, So I had to work really fucking hard to make myself wrong in relationship to him because he had none of that in his world. And yeah. that, that's not true for there are women who go through this where the men actually do have a very strong point of view and it can cause you know marital issues and problems like that like that never was for us because he just was like he was just going with what I thought I desired and you know I was also aware of the the beings that wanted to come and be our children and so one of the things that when I first found access, like I started to get my bars run, which just started to help me unwind all of the shit that I had buried myself under. Like it's inconceivable to me now how buried I was, but mm-hmm. to like have this like ability to release like those things and everything that I had like gathered from, cause I'm a gatherer. Like I am that person that's so fucking aware of everything around them that I gather and I like collect emotions and experiences and ideas and thoughts and patterns and all this shit. And, you know, until I found access and even learned the tool, who does this belong to? I just adopted all of that as me. Hmm. So then it's like, then, then you're just like dragging big bag of like oh I gotta make all this stuff somehow like make sense or work and when I like when I started to actually look at like oh like what I I remember one of the first awarenesses that I had when I really realized that I was aware of beans and babies, like, you know, like the beans coming to be the babies. Like I realized that I wasn't the only one going into upset every, every month when I got my period. Yeah. My husband never really went into upset. He more went into like upset because I would like, he was more worried oh, yeah. about you worried yeah. about me. Cause I worried. was like yeah. monthly getting worse and monthly. Yeah. And he just didn't know what the fuck to do. Like how <laughs> to console me. Like I was a wreck. Oh God. Um, he's a fucking saint, but like what I, what I realized early on with access was like, number one, I started to actually be in the question of like, is this, have I desired children? I remember, um, you know, I went to a body class cause access has body classes. And I, and I remember the facilitator asking him, well, did you act, do you actually desire to have children? And I was like, the question that nobody asks. Themselves. Nobody actually asked me. And I was like, it was really like stunning to me because it, it was a no. I was like, wow. I have spent yeah, you know, this time seven years just being 
so judgmental and harsh with myself and my body because we have not succeeded at something I may not have wanted, actually wanted. And so that question to me, like was such a life changer. Cause it wasn't like, I just automatically went, Oh no, I didn't want them. Oh, okay. Like move on. Sure. It was more just like, I'm still exploring what all of that was like, yes. Was it me being aware of other people's projections and expectations and all that? Absolutely. Was it me trying to do the whole, this is what you're supposed to do. Yes. But also it was like, I was really aware of these beings. Like there was a definite, and he comes around. I, I still perceive him. Sometimes there was a definite boy who desired to be our child that would be there every month, super thrilled, super excited. And then when it didn't happen, he would go into such like this weird, like it just like, we would basically like in, increase each other's upset, like so mm-hmm. fucking dynamically that, yeah. you know, and so like, I mean, and I, I just, I went to psychics. I went, I mean, God, did I do everything? Well, so you, which yeah. is funny, you, you persistence, you have, you have, persistence. oh God, <laughs> but I, I wasn't going to give up. I mean, no, I want to like, highlight a, a couple things just in case somebody yeah. listening is, it was like, what is access consciousness? Yes. Basically, really simply, it's tools and processes that you can use to change anything. So it's whole mode of operation is whatever's working in your life, keep it. There's something that's not, here you go. And one of the tools you mentioned, Cara, was the bars. And so if you're not familiar with that, you can go to Access Consciousness and look up bars and find it there. (laughs) But basically, it's 32 points on the head. You lay down those points are gently touched and the most magical thing about it you get up and you don't have to do a lot of all this like verbal unpacking and processing you just let go of stuff so it's fantastic and and then the question you said who does this belong to and just want to underscore that one too because that that's a game changer for basically everything because it just is that 98 percent of everything you think you think that you think you feel or feel you feel or emotions that you're pretty sure are yours are not. You are just aware. And those three things right there, because um, I'm going to ask you more about this car, because you tried all these things to keep trying to achieve an outcome, but then along came access consciousness and things shifted for you. So what shifted and where did you go from there? Well, and so, like I said, like that question, having somebody actually just like asked me from a space of no point of view. Yes. Uh, did you actually desire, you know, do you desire to have children? Cause at the time it's not like I found access and was like, Oh, I don't want to have kids anymore. Right. I was still in the, like, maybe this will work. <laughs> oh my God. I, I'm still, I, even though I know it's a no somewhere, it's still there. It's ingrained. Oh, like to say that I'm a dog with a bone or like, and especially prior to access, like I, if I, you know, giving up, like having, and that was part of the thing that I think, like, I remember, first of all, like I, finding, finding access consciousness and starting to use the tools for myself was actually the first thing that gave me a sense of there was a consciousness that had my back, that there was actually something out there that was, would actually contribute 
to things changing for me. Mm -hmm. And because one of the things that was so, I think got kind of pushed me more to like where the dark place that I was when I found access was, I was like, so I had been in this like trench of like, when you're trying to get pregnant, you, there is this moment of like, you're, you're eventually going to get pregnant. And then, then it'll be like, then you can move to the next thing. Mm. Then you can go to the next step. Right. Yes. And so I remember thinking to myself, like, well, what the fuck if I don't get pregnant? If, what if I never actually get pregnant? Then what? And there was such this sense of like, like there was no, I had no perceiving of a future beyond what I had decided was supposed to happen, which was I was going to get pregnant at some point. This was going to fucking happen. And I was going to have this kid that I was fucking aware of. And, you know, I would like dream about him. I would like, I would have like these like very vivid waking dreams. Like, and so when I got to the place where I started to really think like, like, I don't know. And I did go, I like, I found this wonderful doctor. I literally, I'm like, I went back to Omaha to have like, you know, like an exploratory surgery when I finally was like, okay, fine. I'm going to actually look at what's going on with my body. I'm going to let someone do that. Um, which was a big fucking deal for me. And I went like back to this place, had, had all this surgery. We stayed in Omaha for like three weeks to do all the studies and testing and all these things only to basically find out that there wasn't really anything physically going on with either one of us that no physical reason why we couldn't, um, other than my hormones were just like, um, not as like I was cycling correctly, but I didn't have like the levels that I could have. So like, well, we can bump up your levels. And one of the things that reasons why I chose this, this particular institute to go to is because they didn't, um, when they supplemented your cycle to like make your hormones more robust, they followed the actual cycle. So you would get mm. things that are like similar to estrogen and the, the cycle that the part of the cycle that you have more estrogen. And then you would get things similar to progesterone and the part of the cycle that didn't. And like, that was probably a year, I would say four and a half, five that I did that. So then I was on hormones, hmm. um, very low doses of hormones. Like I, like they use similar things that like most women in infertility would be familiar with, but they use very low doses. And I knew enough about my body to know that it was like, I, my body did not like it. I, it was really difficult for me to be on these hormones, even though they were like, following my cycle and they were not as yeah. they were supposed to be more naturally than you know not natural and you know a lot of women who have a hard time getting pregnant you know they'll put them on one of the medications I was on like 10 times the amount and I'm like I look at that I'm like I would have gone fucking crazy because I was crazy like that made it worse like right it escalated the crazy <laughs> oh my god it made it so much worse so like the, you know, all of that was going on. And then I was like, what am I going to do? Just indefinitely be on these fucking hormones forever. Like, like, I, like there was a point where I was like, now I'm in a situation where I don't know how to stop. 
I don't know how to letting, say letting go of having to get pregnant wasn't an option in your world. There was not, just- not for a long time. Yeah. But then I got to a point where I was like, I don't like, I knew, I obviously knew somewhere in my world that I, it wasn't going to happen. And yeah. then I was like, I don't know. How do you change gears? Like, yeah. Like, how is anything else going to be enough? Like, how if I do this, yeah. What? Like, I, like, I literally, and I think that's really where I went into like massive, massive depression like big time depression. And again, like it was, I was like a frog in hot water or, yeah. you know, so I didn't realize how deep down low I was. And I, I tried acupuncture. I tried herbal stuff. I tried naturopaths. I tried tapping EFT, like all the I, things, everything. <laughs> like I'm, I don't even, I don't remember more than I do of what I tried. And, and so that, so I remember there was a woman that I was going to that I was, she was doing tapping with me and she sent me a video. I don't remember what the video was about, but it was Dr. Dane here talking about access bars. And I, the thing that, and I just knew, cause I, I remember standing in my living room at one point going, oh, and this is going back to the universe thing. I remember like just because my husband would go to work, I would stay home all day. I was like, at this point, having like the type of panic attacks that you think you're dying daily. I would be in my home by myself, kind of hiding all of this from people because I didn't want to stress anybody out, like my mom, my sister, my family. My sister, you know, was having, she had babies because she'd been, she was adopting. And I would, and I just remember thinking, I don't know how to get off this fucking hamster wheel. Like, I don't, how do I get off this? To me, dying was one of the, that, that was a very realistic, legitimate option. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, that would be easier. Yeah. Because in my mind, I had created by that point, I had created that Randy was not going to stay with me if I couldn't get pregnant. And I was like, I'm stuck. Like I'm never. And so when I saw that video, I don't even, I don't even remember what he said. It was like a five minute video, but it was like the energy of the bars and Mm -hmm. what the bars then contributed to me over. I mean, I still get my bars run once a week, (laughs) like what it contributes to me in the sense that it gives me the space to not be concluded into something, because that was the thing that was like, so dynamically like keeping you on the hamster wheel oh my god because I couldn't I'm like there's no there's no out yeah like there's no out and so it gave me an out and that one question of like oh my god do I actually (laughs) do I desire to have children because it wasn't like did I do I desire to be pregnant because that was a fucking yes Hmm. I desire to have the baby birth fuck yes which is weird right because women don't want that part they want the they want the kids not most women but there's a lot of women that they don't even want to be like they're just like I'm pregnant I'm going to get through this pregnancy I'm going to like you know give me the epidural a week before I go into labor I don't want to feel a fucking thing and I just want the baby I want the kid they want that experience 
And what I realized, and I'm like, even going through some things now where I'm like, even more realizing it's like, there were experiences that I desired to have. And I wasn't even looking to like, hmm. do I want to raise kids? Yes. I, I like that wasn't even, I'm sure it was there because in order to keep that level of um, pressure and perfection and insanity going, I had to have been telling myself something. So was it, was it, would you say that it was all a fantasy or was it a desire that an actual desire that you um, just, I think it was a desire. Yeah. I think it was an awareness. I, I, you know, like I still sometimes get a little bit heartsick at that being. Well, and thank you for saying that. Cause I, we always look for like, oh, and then it all went away and it stopped and it was fine. And it got easier. Yeah, it got way less. And I there's you're you're addressing a real energy of grief that some men and women have at the inability to have offspring to reproduce a child and that may not ever go away. And that's okay. And it's, it's okay. And I like and I the thing that changed for me was that I could create something else. I yeah. could create something different. Like I didn't, if, cause literally I was in this, I put myself in a position where, and I put myself in that position. No one else like put me there. Like, I know I did that, but I put myself in a position where if I don't, if this doesn't work, I'm fucked mm. and not in a good, like I'm just fucked. And when I was able to like use the tools of access and start getting my bars run, it gave me the space to consider what else I would like to create. Okay, so if that doesn't happen, what else can I create? Like, what else can I be? Because it's like this, there is this like value thing. Like I desire to be a contribution here. I desire to create in the world. Like I desire to um, matter. Yeah. Yeah. And for so many people, like there was years of my life where I didn't feel like I wouldn't, I wasn't going to matter if I couldn't get pregnant. Yeah. And that's another interesting thing that you're addressing because we get our identity wrapped up into some point of view. So it can start off with a genuine desire, as you said, it did for you. And then it just gets buried under though, all of the things of what does it mean with me and my husband and what does it mean for my value? And actually one of the ways I wanted to contribute was to have a kid and now I'm not going to do that. And who they, there's something very raw, vulnerable, and also empowering of actually being present with all that and telling yourself the truth about all of that. Cause I think what you described about the, the next thing, 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 the next thing was I somewhere know this is not going to happen. I somewhere know I might not even actually want a kid or to yeah. be a parent. And, yeah. but to be honest with myself about that will 
destroy absolutely every foundational thing I had in my world about this and my life and my future and my marriage and everything. And that is a terrifying thing to address. And it's not, that's not exaggerating it. Yeah. That is the truth of it. And if you're not somebody who's, and I mean, you got to remember like all, all these women I had like been at their births and like in my world, especially the ones that were around when I thought I was going to get pregnant, like these were going to be the women in my life. Yeah. And they were having children. That's another thing. Thank you for saying that. Cause I, how many, how many moms, dads can relate to that your friends are having kids and those kids are growing up together. And now the little boys are playing baseball and the little girls are doing whatever they're doing. And, you know, and your friends are going to their kids things and you're, you're not going to those things. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, and at the time my sister had her children. And so like, and I know these are all like, and I know now, um, you know, like that, I had generated like that's where the whole fantasy piece comes in because you start to like um and there are some things that I did to try to get pregnant that weren't fun they weren't comfortable so then there's also these things where you're like you have to convince yourself to keep going yeah and then there's the the fantasies of like you know like wanting to have kids with my sister yeah like wanting to have cousins playing together and things Yeah. yeah yeah and I mean, it's still hard to this day when people like, you know, I have nieces and nephews who are getting pregnant and having babies. Yeah. And I would be lying if I said it doesn't like, you know, I have to, I'm so grateful for the tools because I still have to. Um, it comes up. Really, like present with yeah. myself. Yeah. Yeah. Because you yeah. would think that it just goes away, but it it it's so... It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. So you just like, for me, it's been such a, and I'm even realizing more in this conversation, it's like been such a um, practice of having those things come up and being really present with what, where I go with it, like, like where I start to go with it, meaning like judging myself judging my body like going into the upset of it you know and then like catching myself and being like okay like is this actually being able to like one of the things I love about access was that it taught me how to go to question so that I didn't get stuck yeah I don't get stuck like that's one of the things that like and this is something that like I I I know this is one of the things that I would like to bring to the world is like, there's so many women and men out there that have gotten stuck. Yes. And they're just in this loop of whatever that thing is that they're stuck in. And I get it. Cause if I didn't have the tools I have, I would be, I, who knows where I would be? Like, I honestly don't know. Like, and And I've been able to create, like, I love my life, you know? And like looking, looking at it now, like my husband and I laugh all the time because we're like, I don't, (laughs) like, I don't know if we really, like, we didn't, we're happy with how we have created our lives. 
And so like, there's things that we do that we enjoy that we wouldn't do and enjoy if we had children, we would have a different life. Like it's that interesting thing where it's like, I was actually able to like get out of my way enough to yeah. create something totally different, yeah. not a shell of a life. Like, well, we'll just go forward and, you know, the, whatever it could have been. The, but it, the space was filled with other things, not as a replacement or a substitute. Yeah. But when you don't stop yourself by sticking yourself, as you said, you ask a question so you're not stuck, then that space can fill up with something else. Otherwise, you're trying to protect that space from allowing anything else to come in it totally. because it's got to be this one thing. It's so yeah. this whole conversation from the beginning through reminds me of the children's book, There's No Such Thing as a Dragon. And it's Billy has this little dragon. And the dragon follows him around the house and Billy sits down for breakfast and he says to his mom, look at the dragon. There's no such thing as a dragon. And the dragon gets a little bit bigger. And then Billy goes up to his room to play and his mom says, you need to come down and do a thing. No, but I got to do the thing with the dragon. There's no such thing as a dragon. So this keeps going on. And every time she says there's no such thing, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until literally it's running down the street with the entire house on its back. And mom says something and Billy's like, yeah, but the, the dragon, and she starts to say, there's no such thing. And he stops. He's like, there is a dragon and it's a really big dragon. And it's yeah. running down the street with our house on it. And then mom looks at the dragon. She stops saying there's no such thing as a dragon. She acknowledges the dragon. And just as quickly as he got big, he went back to tiny and the whole thing at the end is this size of a dragon is we are able to manage basically. But it's what you were saying when you yeah. weren't wanting to look at what actually was occurring. You had to keep going. You had to keep finding. You had to keep struggling. Yeah. You had to keep looking and it gets bigger and bigger and it's running away with your life. Totally. And when you acknowledge it, it didn't go away. No. And when it's there, you can be with it. You can manage it. It's not running off with your house down the street. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, and honestly, it's like, it's, it's a big part of my, my life and a big part of my, my marriage and my, my husband and I like what we've created together. Like it's not, it's, it, it is, it will always be part of it. And yeah. it's like, and now at least we can be grateful for what we have and it isn't part of it it isn't part of our lives in a way of like the thing that we never achieved yes if I and I say yeah. we, my husband would have never had that point of view naturally I can't say that I'm that kind of <laughs> I'm not that person like I you know to be able to say that to be able to have like perspective and be like it does come up and I, I know that it's just, it's, it's not who I am. It's not who I am going to be. I can have yeah. all of these other things. It, it, that, that is such a gift. And would it, would it be yeah. accurate to say it had been defining you, but you rewrote the script and it's part of the script, but no longer the definition of you or your life or your marriage or your relationship or your anything. Yep. Exactly. And it doesn't, you know, and it, you know, and that's just, 
the thing that's really interesting and curious to me is I do, I do wonder like, like how, like, I wonder what all of the stories are of something you have to like, they're, they're, it can't like, it's that, like that, that book, I've never heard of that book, but that book is exactly it. Like, it's not something that just goes away. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. It doesn't mean, you know, doesn't mean you're not strong. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean fuck all. It means it's there. It means from my perspective, it's like people that have that in like in their lives, um, women, especially it makes, it creates them as powerhouses. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It becomes the catalyst that actually just catapults you into something greater. Yeah. And what an invitation to other people as well. And I, I thank you for your vulnerability. And we actually haven't talked this through like we did today. I mean, I knew about the feng shui and all I laughed my ass off when you oh, were like, like, like one of the ways like, that yeah we had the bed this way and we did <laughs> like oh my god you're hilarious anyway um I'm grateful for your vulnerability and I for all of us whatever that is for us when we're willing to just show up and be present with it how much is that like you know the sisterhood I'm not leaving the men out of this but the you know or the brotherhood the coming together with hey whatever that place is for you I can be there with you in it. Yeah. We can be there without having to fix it or fade it or diminish it or make it significant either. We can just be with it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So is there any final things that you would say to somebody listening who, I mean, maybe they're, you know, anywhere in the journey of this that you are in the process? I I would, I would say like, you know, if there's any, anything that people can get out of me talking about my story. Cause I mean, like I said, for a year, I never told anyone. I mean, I think people would really, really be surprised. Um, and if there's anything that you hear that speaks to you, like, you know, just to know that more is possible. You don't have to like, disclude that part of you you can actually include that part of you and choose something different and create something different that's as as valuable and vital as if you would have had children yeah not less than in any way not less than thank you Kara. thank you for that thank you thank you for listening everyone and we will see you next time on another episode of guilty of heresy bye